welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Daily Thunder, Knock a Few Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A R. Y-S-E.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. It's been a little while since we last recorded. It's been a whole week since we last got a recording out. I do apologize for that. It's been a uh, it's been a busy week for all, for all of us. I was uh, I was in Florida, so away from here. Uh, just never really found the time to record. But we're back here now. Back here with me, Dan Amadou. Dan Amadou, how have you been? It's been a while. Yeah, it's definitely been a while. Um, myself, I had some graduations to attend, so the scheduled dates that we had to record, we can record. But uh, I've been great. How have you guys been? Uh, been been very good. Um, it's uh, no complaints here, and yeah, it's it's, it's all good. Summer is kind of uh, getting on its way here, and the. Uh, People are getting vaccinated, all that. Um, so, finally able to get back to things how they were. It seems. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, I'm going to be playing hopefully five on five basketball this weekend for the first time since literally like it'll be the first time post pandemic that I've played five on five basketball. So, definitely looking forward to that. But it got um, me the other day. I'll tell you. You said you played the other day. Yeah, I've been playing on it, like, here and there, but it's, you just, you can't simulate that, that change of direction, I'll tell you. <laughs> you say you've been playing for a while now, haven't you? How was the, uh, how was it working back into it after not playing so long? Like, obviously, I've been able to, you know, shoot around and stuff, but were you rusty when you started back? Um, you're saying me, you said? Yeah, were you rusty, like, first couple uh, of games? I don't know. Is it weird yeah, to like play I, well, in a full I, game again? Yeah, it's. I don't know. It always takes me like a a game to to get kind of my wind down and like kind of get things going. But I, I don't know. I'm more of kind of a kind of comes and goes. I don't know. I, I kind of 
switch roles. It's kind of a role dependent thing. I don't know. I'm not really like a a set one or four or whatever. It kind of just depends on the the teammates I have, so to speak. So you are whatever you needed to be. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of a you're Ben Simmons. A yeah, a master of master of none, kind of jack of half trades type. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, um, got some stuff to talk about. Obviously, it's been quite a while since we recorded. Not a whole lot has happened up until today, actually, uh, when we're getting the news that the Canton Charge will no longer be playing in Canton. Uh, their lease in the Canton Civic Center was up, and they could not come to an agreement on a new one. So they are moving the team from Canton to Cleveland. They're now going to be playing... I forget the name of the arena, honestly, but uh, in Cleveland State University's uh, gym, their arena. So they will be in Cleveland now. Uh, obviously, it's going to be nicer. I've never actually been to the Canton Civic Center, but everything I've heard is that it isn't the nicest arena, nicest gym in the world. So that will be an upgrade, uh, of course. Other than that, uh, you can just kind of, you, you can see the reason as far as we've seen other teams do it. Detroit did it this offseason as well, buying... Uh, the Suns G League team and relocating it to Detroit just so they have their guys right there in house. Uh, the players will be able to practice. Uh, the G League players, that is, will be able to practice um, in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. They'll be able to practice uh, on the Cleveland Clinic courts. So it just kind of makes things easier for everyone within the, within the organization. Um, I don't know. Did either of you guys have you either of you ever been to Canton? Did you ever go to a Charge game? Uh, I'd ever been in that arena. Do you do you like the move? Do you like do you see the reasoning behind it? Do you kind of not like it? Do you are you confused by it? Or do, what What are your thoughts? We'll start with you on that one, Abadu. Um, no, I've never been there. Um, I don't know what really to say about this move. I just feel like, like you said, it'll be easier, um, maybe for the Cavaliers to look at games and such like that. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, the Chargers still be playing games, so you know, still be able to watch those. Um, and yeah, I guess it was a move that had to happen. I guess I'm not, I'm not too sure, but. Yeah, not, not really much to say for me. Dan, what do you think of the move? Do you are you a fan? Are you? I don't know. From like a fan perspective, are you more inclined to like watch them when they're in Cleveland? Would you be more inclined to go to a game? I mean, obviously, like I said, there are valid reasons. But from a fan perspective, does it change anything for you? Yeah, I mean, I've been to a number of games that they're at the Civic Center. Yeah, it wasn't great um, in terms of the amenities. Really, not fantastic, but. Um, it, it's, it is a kind of too bad in a way for, for Canton itself. Um, I, I think, I mean, I'm not going to say like it's, it's the games were necessarily packed, and, but I don't know how many, how, how often that's the case with G League basketball in general. Um, but it's, it's kind of sad in a way for Canton itself, just because it, it did seem like there were some really loyal fans though. And there were. They're absolutely um, like they, they, some people I know, like some, some friends are pretty jazzed up about it. Um, it, it live down there at least, but yeah, I mean, for me, like, and most people it's, it's a lot, I think it'll be kind of a better draw for them and it'll get them a little bit more notoriety, um, in kind of the surrounding area. And, um, it is, as you alluded to, it's, it's nice for them to be able to get, um, kind of just easier access for uh, clinic courts, stuff like that. So in that way, I think it's a positive. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, from a, a fan standpoint overall, I think it's much better. Am I going to make the joke? 
um, that the Cavaliers already have a G League team in Cleveland. <laughs> oh. Looking through, I think, I don't know if Jason Lloyd was the first one to report it today, but looking through the comment section, um, that fan base that follows, you know, the Jason Lloyd type of coverage of this team, good Lord. Uh, not, not a happy place. Not a happy place at all. But um, glad they got their jokes off. But anyway. Yeah. Hold on, I'm sorry. I have, I have an article pulled up that keeps on, like, playing videos. Sorry about that. But um, anyway, we'll move on. Yeah, can't charge, no longer a thing. Um, like I said, as far as a basketball standpoint, I don't think this changes much. Um, it makes things easier for the organization itself. It does kind of suck for the people that are in Canton that maybe, you know, did yeah. follow that team a little closer. Um, but overall, an understandable decision, uh, an upgraded facility, um, easier access to the players, all that. It's understandable. Um, but we'll kind of talk about more about what this episode is about now which is trades and stars and other players that are paid a lot to be stars and maybe aren't. Like I said, it's been kind of a slow news week as far as Cavalier basketball goes. Not a whole lot happening. Waiting for the lottery, waiting for the draft. Um, kind of just leaves people to wait for something to happen, grasp at anything they can. Um, we're doing the same here. Uh, it's been a week since we recorded and we still don't have that much to go off of. Basically what we have here are these kind of fake trades that are floating around, so why not talk about them? Um, with the playoffs kind of wrapping up for some teams, you know, obviously the teams that are knocked out in the first round, uh, teams missing the playoffs, maybe some teams going in some different directions, um, roster-wise, we're going to talk about some guys who might be available in trades this offseason or during next season or wherever, and just kind of about whether or not the Cavaliers could realistically make a move for them, uh, whether... They should make a move for them, whether it makes sense for the other team. All that fun stuff. And uh, I guess we got to start with the one that's probably been talked about mostly. Uh, it's kind of been semi-reported on, too, that like the Cavaliers are one of the teams that have interests per whoever. Dan, I know this is not one that you were a fan of. I don't think I'm a fan of either. I haven't talked to you about it, Amadou. I don't think you would be a fan of it, but I guess we'll find out. CJ McCollum. Obviously, Ohio native, uh, Browns fan. Got to bring him home to Cleveland, I guess. But um, overall, with the Trailblazers maybe going in a different direction, uh, CJ McCollum, a guy who maybe could be on the move. Obviously, Terry Stotts out as the coach in Portland. Uh, reason to believe that McCollum could be moved as well. Uh, CJ obviously making a fair sum of money the next couple seasons, making essentially 31 next year and then 33 and 36 in the years following that. Amadou, we have a fake trade here uh, mm-hmm. from Bleacher Report. CJ McCollum and Derek Jones Jr., our favorite guy, Derek Jones Jr., who we talked about all last offseason, for Kevin Love, Colin Sexton, and a 2022 second-round pick via San Antonio. Mm. I need your thoughts Should the Cavs trade for CJ McCollum. So, Bleacher Report wants us to trade a guy for a guy. Knowing that we have, you know, a young core established that's six years older, isn't even significantly better. How how much better is he to become than Collins? And I think it's very minimal. And and on the like, contract that yeah, we don't want to give Collins, exactly. that, that everyone doesn't want us to give Collins. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't I don't understand the logic behind this trade. It makes zero sense whatsoever. I don't I don't know how you can convince anybody that this trade makes remotely the smallest amount of sense. I, I don't get it. 
I feel like this is a move that I, I, I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say about this move. This move doesn't make sense. Why? Why would the Cavs do such a thing? Uh, this is this is as backward as it gets. You're training for another small guard, so it's not like you know you're really helping the team much in that aspect. Yeah, I'll just I'll just pass on this one. I I, I don't get it at all. And I know we talked a little bit just about the rationale. Uh, what is the rationale, in your opinion, even if you don't agree with it? Well, he's from the Cleveland area. I mean, that's why you should do it. What else is there? Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, because that matters One of in, us. in terms of wins and losses. And, yeah. I'll, I'll never understand anyone's logic, logic, keyword, for that being a rationale for getting doing a move. Zero cents. I'm going to do a hit on it. There's, there's really nothing to say. Uh, seven years older. Um, defensively, what it, has he ever even been a... People think Col- the, the, the narrative is that Colin Sexton is chopped liver defensively. <laughs> I don't see it, personally. I think he... When he's not you're, good, but he's... he's not, no, steps. I can't say he's good, but he's, he's more respectable than C.J. McCollum, who is six years his senior. You'd think he'd be better defensively. And he's had personnel around him. Not not this year, per se, as much. But they've had years past, like Farouk Aminu, guys like that, where they've been far more respectably. And I think Nurkic being just having so many injury issues doesn't help either. Um, and playing Ennis Kanter playoff minutes defensively is probably not going to help you. But... Uh, no, there's, there's no reason for it, and people can make the argument because he played with Dame Lillard. Um, he, his scoring splits would be higher if he were in this situation. I, why? For what reason? There's way, there, were, there was much more spacing in Portland. They even had guys like Anthony Simons, Rocco can shoot it. I, I just don't understand how that makes any sense. He's got a really nice handle. I'm not going to knock him for that. That, that matters. But I, I just I don't see it being the case. Um, and, yeah, to me, this is a lateral move. It's kind of like a we're bringing in a guy in here that we think can be, like, our, our kind of guy to, like, hip on, like get on the ship and get us going. Um, I don't – it's more – to me, it's more of a leadership thing if they were to entertain it. And, honestly, I just think it would just – I don't think you'd come into a, a honestly, warming locker room, frankly. Yeah, a trade like this is because guys this, would this see is, that and see it's a, a beyond la- like maybe lateral move. How many more wins does that get you? If you're trading if Colin and Kevin, it's probably not very many. Probably more, it could any. be actually less. Yeah, yeah, it could because be. he's older. I mean, in this situation when he's basically coming into having to be a one, there's got to be an injury risk there. Hmm. I mean, if he's six years older, in the past couple of years. I mean, I'm sorry, no, Kevin, no, seven years old. Seven years old yeah, for the record. Yeah, seven years older. And, you know, we talk about Kevin and his injury, but I think a trade like this appeals a lot to the anti-Sexton crowd that is out there. Um, basically being, you get off of Kevin Love, that's a win. You get off of Colin Sexton, which in their eyes, you don't pay him, that's a win. <laughs> you yeah. get back well, to him Because paying CJ well, they also think he should be playing for the can charge, so just move him there. <laughs> I mean, they're in town now. Yeah, yeah they're there. Yeah, but um, 
I think that's who this appeals to is just get a proven like yeah. a proven quote unquote winner, um, who isn't Colin. Get rid of Kevin in the process. You have a bad contract, but at least he contributes more than Kevin. You don't pay Colin. You get Derek Jones Jr., who's a defensive guy. Whatever. Maybe you liked him last offseason. You're only giving up a second round pick from San Antonio. Like from that aspect, I get it. But at the same time, it's pretty silly to not wholeheartedly disagree with that outlook. Just because, again, the notion that Colin Sexton is, like, that much worse than C.J. McCollum. And again, like, you're talking about, like I said earlier, you're talking about Colin Sexton, the guy who you don't want to pay. And then you're saying, hey, let's pay C.J. McCollum more than you would be paying Colin. So... Yeah, I, I don't understand it. I'll ask you this, and I'll start with you on this one, Hamadou. If you could find a way to make this move work without including Colin, would you consider it then? No. Have the three-guard rotation? No, I, I still wouldn't consider it. I just, oh, defensively, that's just, uh, I, I don't like that. And, like, he's just a good player, but is he a a floor raiser? I don't, I don't know what to, what to make of him at this point of his career. I mean, I, I don't... I just don't know. He's already just going to take away shots from, you know, Garland and Sexton while he's here. I, I just feel like the Cavs already have a, a great thing going with this with this young core. I don't, I don't see the reason to, to break it up. I feel like a guy like McCollum, I think, would do wonders for, like, the Sixers, for example. Exactly. Next to a big yeah. guard like Simmons yeah. who can, like, take on defensive assignments, a team that needs a little bit of playmaking and, like, just shot creation juice. Yeah. Uh, the Cavaliers are not that team and does not need that skill set. On the on the in, from the guards at this point, um, really just doesn't make any sense. Like a oh, Miami well. to me would be kind of in that realm too. Yeah, like Miami would make sense, and we'll see what route they go with Victor Oladipo this offseason. Um, and again, like the sacred cow, Tyler Hero. Are you going to move Tyler Hero for CJ McCollum? Honestly, I don't even like Tyler Hero, and I don't know if I would do that. But um, just because, again, I like. Yes, he's a guy who helps your team, but at that cost and, you know, getting into his 30s at that cost, not to say that like, he's not going to be a productive player, but I just don't know if it's worth it. And it's it's certainly not worth it for this team. Yeah. Uh, I think, again, I guess I didn't even ask you, Dan, but in, a, in the event where his, like, I don't think that, C, like, CJ McCollum is going to have, like, positive trade value just because of his contract. Like, I think... Okay, I think he might have positive trade value, but he's not going to be like a guy where you're giving up a core piece like Colin for. Um, if you could find a way, and I guess taking back Kevin Love's salary, you probably would have to give up a guy like Colin. But just theoretically, if there was a way to get a guy like CJ without giving up Colin, would you consider you know that kind of three-card mix, or do you just think it's not worth it? No, I just don't. Just because then you're... I'm just. I'm not saying I would personally just talking to you, Hiram Boyd. Um, but <laughs> if you're bringing CJ McCollum and you're not giving Colin in that, he's going to start. Basically, 30, you're, you're 30. not point bringing six assists. Colin Sexton next year, by the way. But you're not bringing a thirty-one million dollar guy off the bench. Like whether people like it, like what I'm saying or not, it, that's fact. You're not doing it. Um, and I just don't, and Colin by default would be the guy that has to get, Colin would be the guy that's squeezed out and that's, that's squeezed that out be that way, but and it would be, that would be a complete joke. And I, I'm not for that in any way. I'm not entertaining the Colin off the bench stuff. I'm just, I'm not doing it. And 
this? Not for no, Nicole. No, I think it hurts your team, frankly. I, I don't think it helps. Um, because you're you're going to create internal strife, whether that leaks or not, you're going to, by default. And you're all, well, say you are, say you do keep your one this season, that probably stunts the growth potentially of that player in itself, too. Even if Kevin Love is out of the mix, I, I just, I don't love a guy that is coming in and, uh, like, we've touched on this at all, at, at nauseum, but the alternative would be much better to get a guy like a, a big-time shot creator, like a like a Jalen Bo- uh, Green, or I, I'm personally not a fan of them for the Cavs, but if they took Jalen Suggs, I would be more for that than I would for then, this. Because he is 20, 10 years, 30 year old, he is 10 years as junior. CJ McCollum. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, if, yeah, no, I, I, just totally off the Colin Sexton, like, six man hogwash. I'm not, I'm not, not touching that. <laughs> like, I am of the belief that at, if at some point, and this is a very big if, and if Colin takes another step, then I'll disagree. But, like, I'm not going to say that I will never, ever, ever be open to Colin Sexton coming off the bench if you have, like, a legit star two-guard who, like, is a two-guard and you don't want to bench Darius. The guy like, better Jaylen be a Green... star real soon. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, like, next like I'm saying, year, if, you, if you draft Jalen, yeah. And I think he's like, the one. Draft he is Green, the one to me. And, like, that dude becomes, like, a legit, like, yeah, that's fair. top 20 player in the league. That's fair. And, like, don't. the three guards, so just, like... Theoretically, theoretically, yeah. don't work You're, out together. Can I just say one thing though? Just one, yeah. just, just as just like a quick thing. I'm not saying a hundred percent the Darius I wouldn't bring off the bench first. Mm. the The reason being is if there's a guy like a Suggs or a Green. Say Green. Okay, if it's Suggs, Green is a say his playmaking like the if it second takes off, year then sure. completely yeah. takes off and his vision just goes through the roof. I don't think that's completely out of the question. I saw no. traits in the G League bubble, and there's a lot of stuff in the uh, EYBL that there was that's that there's a lot of stuff there. That, okay. Or the other alternative is if they somehow got Cade. And Cade is essentially like your kind of one. That's the only, only way. But I'm mostly with you there. Yeah, I think... You know, the, the notion that Colin Sexton is like destined to be a bench player is just not true. It's again, if there's a better player than Colin out there, which there are better two guards in the league than Colin, that right. just are. Yes, but like in that situation, like then yes, you bench Colin or you bench Darius, but yeah. you don't just try to find ways to move Colin to the bench. And I feel like trading for CJ would just kind of be trying to find ways to move. That Colin would to be the bench. such a that would be such a backwards move. Yeah. Like, there's, there's really no real rationale other than, like, unless you are just, like, an absolute Sexton hater, or you're just that into getting guys from Ohio Un- on the Cavs. Unless Sam Amico oh is more involved in the building than we know. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, you know, Sam Amico's former, former GM or current, you know, anonymous GM or current former player, whatever, all of his sources are... Have proven at this point to be very accurate, so um, I'm sure that I'm sure that we'll see. You know, whatever whatever he reported last, uh, what was it, the Kevin Love buyout? I'm sure that that'll be happening very soon because Amico said so. 
Uh, just like, you know, I'm sure that we'll be seeing the Darius Garland trade soon, too, you know. But um, anyway, we move on. I know this is another one, Dan, that I know you're going to like even more than the C.J. McCollum. Kristaps Porzingis, make your case right now. Kristaps Porzingis in a Cavalier uniform, go. Uh, Amadou, I'm going to lay it to you first. Go ahead, Amadou. For who is the question? If they want to take Kevin Love (laughs) off our hands, I wouldn't even do it for that. I wouldn't lie to you. But, I mean... Marquise Bolden. (laughs) I do want to say this. What if Porzingis just doesn't fit what the Mavs need? Maybe there's that might that it's that... But he's just been so bad. You know, maybe he's just not the the catch-and-shoot, off-ball, majority type of guy that they have him to be. And, I mean, look, a, a Twin Towers type thing of him and Jared Allen, that that might be cool. I don't know. I tried to just make the trade seem like something I would do. I, I still wouldn't trade for, for Chris Dobbs. Um, to be fair, I wouldn't either. Yeah. But I'm kind of intrigued by what you said. You wouldn't even trade Kevin Love for Chris Epps Porzingis. Because... Obviously, Porzingis making a little bit more money, mm-hmm. has an extra year with that player option. Mm-hmm. Um, but as younger, they both are injury risks, so I kind of get where you're coming from. Yeah. But you wouldn't even trade Kevin Love for the guy. I feel like just because That's Kevin Love... You think so? Just because Kevin Love has been on the team for as long as he has, he, always, he already has that chemistry. The injury risk is there with both guys, and I feel like... They both do sort of similar things. Kevin Love is a better playmaker at that. The shooting, they're they're, they're floor spacers, you know. Um, yeah. It's just it's just for me. It's the fact that Love has one less year. I don't know. I, you could say Porzingis is better, but how much better is he? I mean, what we've seen from Porzingis over the last, you know, since he's gotten to Dallas has has not been good. He just does not look like the player he was in in New York. And you could say, you know, he's still only twenty five. He has a lot of time, but like. I just, I just don't know. Maybe, okay, maybe saying, you know, not over Kevin Love is a bit of a stretch. Because there's always potential that, you know, in a new environment, you know, in a new role, a new game plan for him, that he could he could definitely be better. And potentially turn back to that foreign player that he used to be. But I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough. So would you... I don't think they would make it. What are you saying, Dan? Go ahead. I don't even know why I'm saying this. but So you wouldn't consider giving up Love in R1 this year. For, no, for Porzingis. Oh no, no. not a chance. Not a no. chance. Not a chance. No. Uh, how about our no. one? How about our one next year? If it's, if like it's heavily protected, yes. I, if it, lottery protected, it's got to be lottery protected, right? Yes. Oh, it has to be lottery protected. You're not giving up anything of like significant value for Chris. I'm not saying I, I I would either. Probably wouldn't do it anyway. But well, that maybe you I could. Would. You maybe could I talk would. me into. You could talk me into a lottery protected 2022 first and Kevin Love for Kristaps. Yeah, like, I, okay. okay. So Kristaps is an interesting case. Like it's the just, dude is still it's, a good to me player. so dependent on what pick you get this year. And that's the thing. Like if it's lottery protected, then like you're good. I think. Like, I would give up a non lottery pick for the guy. Like I think that's worth it, even with the extra year. Yeah, it's an interesting case with Kristaps because the guy is still a good player. Is like he, he kind of gets the hate. Is like, he good? You know, you, you hear. I, I think he's good. Like uh, the the, the, the shortcomings are the shortcomings are current are, are like surely there, but the guy still provides something as like a real pick and pop threat. He's still a he's real worse defensively spacer. than Kevin Love. 
He is worse. Is he worse defensively? Is he worse he, defensively? He gets is he what? Really what does worse he get? A block and a half per game. I just think how many how many buckets does that guy just get moved like completely out of the picture? Like he can't. Is guard that not him. the same for Kevin he, Love? Kevin Love's a better team defender than Chris Up Porzingis possession to possession. If you really watch, I also feel Porzingis is very very soft for. For his height. He's 240 pounds. I don't know how. That guy looks like he's like 210. Yeah. And he, and he like works really hard in the weight room and all that. But he is like, he is so soft. Mm -hmm. Like he looks like he gets broken in half. Really? Yeah. So make your, make your case, Dan. Would you? No. Would you do a move like that? Would you like, like a Kevin Love for Chris Porzingis? Like you wouldn't even do that. Well, I, yes, I don't I think the do. Mavericks would do that. Again, it depends on what pick you're attaching to. Yeah, yeah. But if it, if it is okay, so let's say a lottery protected first, and Kevin for Kristaps, would you do that? Sure, but he better not be this soft mentally here, and I don't think that would get any better. Him, Kristaps Porzingis has come to Cleveland. Yuck. I mean, the guy just seems—he seems mentally soft too. Like, that report about him being, like, kind of frustrated with the spot. Like, you're really going to be frustrated because you're playing with Luka? Mm -hmm. Like, are you kidding? I mean, people get mad about Kevin Love being frustrated. That would be a train wreck here. I I don't think it'd be good at all, but, I I mean, I'd have to do that deal, I guess. I I just think, like, it's worth taking on an extra year of salary for the upside for me. Especially, I just have no but idea is there what upside. Yeah, there what is. upside is left? I, I don't mean, think there's any. Who... He can't play any kind of defense. He does not move his feet. He, we all, we always knew he was going to get moved. Like he always gets moved off the block. That never was not the case. But he cannot play the five at all. He can't play the five. And if no, you're seven foot three, I don't care how skinny you are, and you can't play the five at all. I don't know what value you really have to. If, I like, wouldn't even say that he can't ball, play it at all. Like, like in it, right situations, on he can. ball on both ends of the floor, he has zero value. And there, there are a few worse passers I've seen with the ball in their hands as often as him. Like he is horrendous as a passer too. Like absolutely nothing. Terrible. Like the, the guy is a very low IQ player too. Like I, I don't. He's twenty five. He, Jesus, for how many injuries he's had, he might he might as well be yeah. thirty seven. It's actually way worse at this point in his career than Kevin Love was then. Oh, it's it's certainly worse at that point. In his I just career, I don't yeah. see what people always say like, oh, why would you not take a swing at Porzingis? What are you getting with Porzingis? How does he impact winning at all? Like I said, of obviously really really tall floor spacer, he still provides some sort of rim protection against guards driving to the rim. I mean, uh, does he not? I mean, I, again, I, some rim for protection the against guards points, driving to the rim. For the amount of points he gives up, I, I just can't say That's he's fair. a rim protector. I just can't. I can't do it. Because he, he can't. Well, I mean, for, he, he can't, can still problem, call him a rim protector. The problem either. is he can't alter shots without fouling, where it actually makes a difference. That's the problem. But, I, again, I get your point in theory, the floor spacing. He's got deep range. I can't say he doesn't. I mean, he's got big-time range. And, and that's like he's cool. a real pick and pop threat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, he's and really he going to open up the floor that off, way. And like he can shoot off movement too. Some. Yeah, I was going to say, and like yeah. the things with like him and post ups, I think have been a little bit overblown. Like 
He's not like a bad post up player. He's it's not pretty a much great like one. he, he just, never will be a great one. He gets one. position on the, in the mid post and then does a fadeaway and shoot or just shoots over people. But when he was in New York, he had like that shake. It was almost like when you see Joel. It's Embiid, not there anymore. Joel yeah. Embiid doing like those double like kind of head fakes and then does like the Kobe baseline fadeaway. Like he actually had that and he had a handle. I don't. I don't know what happened to. It's all, he just seems like he's playing lack not, of movement. Not, he's been not, so limited mobility wise. Well, I also think it's just like when you have all those injuries, you're just not going to have confidence. Your confidence is shot on the ball. It's yep. it's mm-hmm. just shot. It, it's just too bad. Yeah, and like I think it is honestly like we're talking about trading Kevin Love here for Kristaps. Like, but God, it's kind of crazy that you know we even like that, that there'd be any anything to like at all feasible. So. Yeah, and it's not, it's just but... it's it's such a shame that you know this many injuries have been you know such a problem for Kristaps because oh, yeah. like if you could count on him to stay healthy, like I think it's actually like even at like as this player, like he's a guy even with maybe some value even on that contract, like you would be a little bit more movable. Yeah, but just the fact that he gets you know hurt with like a like semi serious knee injury what seems like twice a year is just it's disappointing. Yeah, it's just who... it's just hard to entertain trading for a big that has had that many just I- injuries in that of that magnitude. Mm-hmm. And I mean y- you talk about the off court stuff too, having dust ups with, with Luca mm-hmm. um and just not always saying the right things I don't feel like it all it all maybe scares you off a little bit, but Again, we will move on. These are some names that I like a little bit more. Um, Amadou, I'll let you pick. Mm-hmm. Do we go... And again, these are both like not going to happen. Like These would both be in like doomsday scenarios for this specific team if one of them like requests a trade or in the Clippers you know, situation if Kawhi Leonard leaves and they are stuck with Paul George and they're looking for a way to get off of him. But I'll let you pick which direction we go in next. Paul George or Brandon Ingram? Brandon Ingram interests me a lot. A lot more than Paul George does. So I'd definitely like to discuss him first. Go for it. Now, I, I, I just... This is this is an interesting one, okay? So obviously, I feel like any Brandon Ingram trade, a potential one, would have to involve Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially even, you know, a, a first, you know. If, if I was the Cavs, I would probably offer... If, if the Cavs, you know, really want to get off Colin Sexton and if the Pelicans wanted to look to move Brandon Ingram, I'd probably offer Colin Sexton in a protected first next year. Uh, for Ingram. And I mean, I won't lie. Is that a trait you do? I feel like... Okay, so this is my mindset, right? We look at... I don't like to look at Portland, but the Cavs, I, I would assume, you know, obviously everybody talks about them as, you know, Portland 2.0, but they've been better in, you know, handling the roster and such, you know, better at, you know, fitting players alongside uh, sex land than honestly Portland has because Portland has not really had those you know really really capable defenders uh, surrounding Dame and CJ but either either way let's say that the Cavs for some odd reason this this offseason just just throw everything that they set out the window they say you know we don't we don't really like the long term fit with with Sexton and Garland um, and I think right now it's, it's obvious that Sexton probably has more and more trade value so that's why they they look to trade him and. I remember David Griffin saying that 
Well, we all know David Griffin is a guy who really likes fit. You know, his star player, he wants the rest of the team to fit. Well, does he like well, fit so much I mean, the way he's building this New Orleans team? Yeah, obviously now the team just doesn't. I don't know what, you know, the mindset was going to last offseason. But I, I think now that they'll make more pressing moves to really get Zion, you know, a team that fits him. And I feel like that starts with the point guard position. Because yeah, if I was them, I would definitely, you know, look to resign Lonzo because obviously him and Zion have a, a great connection. Um, Lonzo's made massive strides in his game. The long-term fit with Ingram and Zion, I feel like it's it's good, but maybe they look to go in a different direction. I'm not too sure what's what's going on in New Orleans. Do you make that trade? Let's say Sexton and a protected first next year for, for Ingram. Well, I was going to say, because you're going to have to salary match, yeah. so it's going to be like I got an idea. Sexton, Jetty, Tarion, and mm-hmm. like draft compensation. And real quick, Dan, I was just going to say, go ahead. Um, I think the only real, like, semi-realistic like i don't think it's a new orleans looking to move on from brandon ingram i think it's brandon ingram looking to move on from new orleans like in the event that brandon ingram requests a trade himself and like wants out of new orleans that's where i think the Cavs could get involved i think that's like honestly like it's if and only if in my eyes because one i i don't know if the cavaliers you know would be able to get something done just for him straight up right now um like I think it would it would require the tanked value of a guy requesting a trade, and honestly, honestly, like in, in Brandon Ingram's situation, like the dude has four years left on his contract. Like yeah. you can talk about him like wanting out, they wouldn't have to move him for anything. Yeah. But I think in the event that like he just like makes like a James Harden level you know scene in New Orleans to like force his way out and just diminishes his trade value that much. That's where I think you could see the Cavs getting involved because with an offer of a guy like Sexton, who I think would be a fine fit next to Zion, again, another shooter, shot creator, the defense isn't what you want, but if he's playing in the backcourt with Lonzo, maybe you can look past that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have guys like Josh Hart around him too. Yeah. Uh, maybe it doesn't fit wonderfully with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but again, you can make that work um, overall. Like, I think Sexton would be a good piece to have in return and, like, a guy who you could consider part of your core in New Orleans uh, that you're getting back for Ingram. But that, I, I just wanted to say that real quick as far as, you know, the feasibility and possibility of Brandon Ingram ever, you know, being traded on this, you know, in the next couple off seasons even. But go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. It was kind of the same realm if, if there's kind of a... Yeah, he he initiates it. Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't know. Would this be like a like basically put your head at the table? Um, basically, uh, Colin, Tarian, and Nance Jr. And then next year, like a top ten protected for like- for Ingram. Like, would you do that? I feel like if you I, I add think, Nance... I think you do. Yeah, I, I would. Like, even with Nance, I think you do. I would. Like, I, I think Nance is the key there. Like, you, you need a defender. You're getting, like, a real... Again, yeah, a real contributing piece. Also, yeah. like, the on and off floor stuff. Because I feel like off the floor, that team kind of needs a, a guy, guy like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's a like player right now that they can have... play, honestly, I think actually could play with Adams. Yeah, like I think there's he some could. Vi- there's viability. He can play with Adams. He can play with Zion. Like there's probably they, they can fit him in play at the five with defensively Zion with everybody. Yeah, and could legitimately like play as a jumbo three as well. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that might give sure. yeah. the Cavs like a, a seat at the table. That that kind of framework. 
Just obviously no, because I think, of the target. I think that probably Spider-Man. honestly would. Oh, I th- yeah, I think it would. And Tarian's like Tarian's not nothing. Like he's not nothing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Tarian is You're more than just three, salary match. You are getting three more than somethings, or two more than somethings in a not nothing. Yeah, and then a pick. And Tarian, yeah. And we don't know what the Cavs are going to be like. At, what their twenty twenty two is going to be like, yeah. or like pick. So. Honestly, I, yeah. I don't know. I was going to add, do you think, I mean... Dan, but then you, you have in, your then you have your franchise centerpiece, generally, for with, the Kings, right? Like, he, Ingram, he has yeah. got to be oh, one, right? Yeah. Ingram fits terrifically with yeah. his team. Yeah, as a shot-creating yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, who I think works with ability. Darius, works with Jarrett. Right. Like, and he, again, all of the Sexton... is improved, too. Yes, definitely. Yeah. All the Sexton stuff is overblown. It really is. I, but you I, don't I almost, have to deal with the noise of two small guards anymore. Yeah. Well, I almost feel like he'd be kind of like a Cade alternative. Kind of. Again, a big shot creating wing who can yeah. play make a little bit. Yeah. Plays basically the same position, the same role within an offense. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think ahead. that could be a guy who you could look at as like the guy to build around, yeah. which is something this team just doesn't have right now. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so. At least not in the eyes of, of most people. <laughs> that's fair. Something they have right now. But um, go ahead. Yeah, Brandon Ingram. Let's let's hope that something wrong or that something goes wrong in New Orleans because Brandon Ingram would be a fun player on this team, and again, I don't think it's going to happen. I just right. It would take you know a very specific thing to happen, which would be Brandon Ingram requesting a trade and the. Pelicans actually granting him to it, granting it to him because again they would not have to do that. Right. But um, would definitely be interesting. Would definitely be a terrific fit here. It would be fun to see. Obviously, like that would be, that would be kind of like an almost franchise altering thing yeah. for this Cavs team. Um, if they were able to do something like that, it would be fun. Just yeah. quickly, I was I was gonna add. So uh, yeah. Dan Dan adding uh, Larry Nance to the trade. Do you think that maybe the Cavs would be able to? Switch well, that that first no the the first round pick that you added. Do you feel like the Cavs would have to add that? Could you maybe protect that even more, or flip that to mm. maybe some seconds? Because Nance yeah, is like, I, don't I think I don't think I think you're still you still have to you're having to give up a haul uh, for Brandon. Up, oh, okay. yeah. Actually, I should take that back because we would give up a a second for Andre Drummond, so he's an all star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. but you make um, you raise a good point, but I, I just I think that has to be. You think so? Yeah, okay. that, like it that has to be a great package. Is a difference between a seat at the table mm-hmm. and then like the essentially like nail in the coffin. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, I guess that was badly put, but no, you, I got you, we you, get you what you're catch trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, like top ten protected. I feel like. If if the pick is you know twelve or eleven, is that player even going to be, you know, someone that we'll say like a top ten protected in twenty twenty two, and then like I'd, I'd have to look at the Cavs pick situation. I think they have everything. Yeah, but then like unprotected the next year. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean that's just like basically like the framework of it, mm-hmm. and then you can mm-hmm. you yeah. can add stipulations like to it, essentially. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's a fair point. I just I think that Definitely. I think that would be kind of your. Like closer mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's it's a it's a reasonable point. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be more than happy with that trade, honestly. I mean, it's just basically well, yes. a four for one potential yeah. thing, which I think mm-hmm. is more than fair. Yeah, I think getting another like real young piece to build around in Sexton, and, like two other players who can contribute to winning, plus a good first round pick, like that's 
I, I think all of that stuff would be required, but like I think that's actually like a semi-realistic package if you were to tank his value enough via yeah. trade request. Right. And um, and also Prince is a piece that you could potentially move. That's again, a guy you can flip pretty easily. Flip. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And actually maybe maybe even Nance if you're really yeah. going for it. Oh, Nance would be even easier to flip. Yeah. Right. I mean that's still a guy who like I just there think are reports he'd be right a guy, now that he could net two seconds. They, or, I mean net they'd two first more so look to flip like the next off season. Perhaps, but yeah, but those are definitely like the guy like Larry will will always have value in that right. contract, barring something like extreme. Yeah, uh, those am, are both guys who you could get more assets from. I'm intrigued to see. I mean, this is this is off topic, but I, I am just intrigued to see what Nance will, like, what kind of value if he can like improve his value as his contract whittles down. I, I, I'm just curious just to see what kind of contract next one he'll get. Why don't we talk about that a little bit? That's a little interesting. Uh, not something we've ever really discussed on here, but Larry obviously making $10.7 million next season and then 9.7 after that. Um, how old will Larry be at the end of that contract? He will be... He'll be 30? 20, he's, he's 30 when he's an unrestricted. He's going to be 30 okay. when he's done with that contract. So a 30-year-old Larry Nance, how much would he get? I don't know. Like, I think he's still going to be, like, a good athlete, even if he's not, like, as good as he maybe once was. I think the shooting will be, like, a real thing. The defense will still be a real thing. Obviously, like, the IQ and the intangibles will be a real thing. Like, he could be, like, a mid-level guy at that point, couldn't he? Mm. I was thinking, honestly, the Nance... Like, a two-year mid-level? Like, Tristan Thompson just got a two-year mid-level. The Nance that we saw early on in the season... Can't have uh, any knee injuries, though. Yeah, yeah, he can't. He can't keep getting injured. I just feel like that's kind of a key caveat. Yeah, the injuries. But I mean, I should have mentioned that a lot. Like he, he has had like legit stuff, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just kind of a thought because the key is like, is there going to be a point where Nance is like the real next step? Is either he just really like leans into the playmaker thing? And I, I really like his playmaking. I think it's actually like a very like a real plus when he's fully like able to mm-hmm. have his athleticism with him. But the whole point, I think, for like the next deal is it, like the defense is always going to be there. He's a, he's he's an impact player on that end, as we know. But is he ever going to? Amadou said it many times. Like, is he ever going to actually be like an impact? Like, is he going to be a f- spacer? Like, where he actually is a guy? Like, guys have to hug. And not rotate off of that. That is the key thing for his like trajectory. I think. Congrats to Larry Nance, by the way. Uh, oh for yeah, being a finalist I forgot for the uh, NBA that's Cares right. Community Assist Award. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. just another thing we should but mention. He, with Larry he really, really honestly should. For that. Uh, in an unbiased way, he should get it. I, I believe so too. I, think should. I, I should really hope. To do. I really for hope everything he's done this yeah. year. I think for he the I, I really, season. I'm with yep. you there. Yeah. 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 It's, Even when it's he was un- hurt, he was still doing things. And, yeah. It's honestly unprecedented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm giving my uh, claps for Larry. Congrats, Larry. Congrats, yeah, well, there you go. Good yeah, job, well, Larry. Yeah, nice. nice but, um, anyway, we'll get to the last big one here. And if we have so many others, you know, we can talk about them. But uh, Paul George is the last one that we got to talk about. Paul George would be like the ultimate all-in move for this team, I feel like. Paul George, who just signed an extension with the Clippers in the offseason. 
will be making, get ready for it, $39.3 million next season. 42.5 the year after that. 45.6 the year after that. And topping it off in 24-25 with a $48.8 million player option. The Again, the ultimate all-in move for the Cavs. Um, I think this is a situation that as the postseason has you know, now progressed is maybe a little bit less likely. Now, if... If the if the or if the Clippers were to get knocked out in the first round like early by the Mavericks and that just you know that whole team was just lit on fire and Kawhi wanted out, which I think again this is still the only way this even like remotely ends up happening is Kawhi leaves and you're just stuck with Paul George and like nothing else really. Um, in that event, you might see Paul George traded, um, and being where the Cavs are and saying they want to supplement and again kind of need that guy. Uh, it's understandable to say that, you know, the Cavaliers would at least, like, have, like, interest in a guy like Paul George. Like, I don't think that's unreasonable to say. Um, and again, similar to, to Brandon Ingram, uh, it's it's not a situation where Paul George would request a trade because I just don't see that happening. But again, it would have to be, like, the Clippers open being open to moving him, which is not something that I think is a likely possibility right now, especially if the Clippers continue to make it far into the playoffs. But we're going to talk about it anyway, because you know, why not? Amadou, do you like the fit of, do you like the idea rather, I guess, of an all in move to the caliber of Paul George? Okay. Uh, just really quickly. I do want to say, I do believe there are a multitude of other teams that could offer much more than the Cavs. Oh, I agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, am I crazy for saying that I probably wouldn't, trade for Paul George. Now, I know Paul George is this incredible NBA player, a top two-way guy in the league that we have, but he's 31 currently. We've seen how Paul George has, has played in, in in recent playoffs. Um, Paired with, you know, the, the, the nagging injuries that occur every now and then, by the time his contract ends, he'll be, what, 34? I think 35 is... Pers- I might pass, considering how much... That extension was that he that he received, paired with the fact that if we do you know make a potential trade for Paul George, we'd have to gut the roster either way. So you're losing out on. Well, you'd probably end up having to gut your pick. Yeah, your pick for because for you're probably trading Kevin Love, mm-hmm. and if you're gonna trade Kevin Love, like at that point, it's a total reset for the Clippers. Yeah, like they don't care that they're taking on Kevin Love. Like it's just bad money. Like, but they can take bad money at that point. They're entering like the first year of a rebuild. But you're going to have to like load up with picks Definitely. if you're going to like yeah. convince them to take that. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. so I just I don't think I don't think it'll be worth it. Honestly, I, I think I think I'd pass on a trade like that. I think it would be fun. And again, we talk about them meeting the guy on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be again. It's 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 a fun hypothetical. But Paul George is going to be in his mid thirties, making mid forties money. Uh, as like the last couple of years of those deals wind on. And I think it's, it's definitely worth asking, is it worth it? Because again, you're going to have to give up some real pick compensation uh, just to even get in the conversation with other teams who again, might be able to make better offers um, outside of Kevin, as far as salary matching, you could do a sign and trade with Jared Allen, uh, but that's a team that's still going to have a visa Zubats next year. Um, at least to start the season, they're going to have Serge Ibaka. Uh, you have to assume in a rebuild, they would look to move on from him too. But, like, they kind of have a guy like Avica. Um, are you going to, you know, keep him and pay huge money to get Jared Allen? 
Uh, it's 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 not something I would see them really wanting to do. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's very realistic at all. It's fun, but I guess Dan, look, not looking at like the realistic like the realistic chances of it happening, and just looking at Paul George, the player on this team. Do you like the fit? Do you like the idea of of him on this team? I don't know. I just to me, it's just there's just no tea tonight um, with Paul George. Um, I just don't love the playoff track record. I think he yeah, falls that, under that's pressure the thing for me. consistently. Like it, it's pretty damn well documented. Um, doesn't seem to me. I, it never really struck me as like a leader. Frankly, uh, I I don't really. I've never really seen him kind of like uplift, uplift teammates. That never really seems to be his thing. Um, I mean, how, how many playoff victories or how many playoff series wins does he have? Since Indiana? No, in total. Um, not a t- in total? I'm, I'm saying, like, since I, Indiana, many, you know, it's I'll, been I'll re- with I'll, the Clippers I'll, last I'll year. I'll rephrase that. Uh, since since, leaving. since basically, like, LeBron came back to Cleveland, that yeah. was that was it. Like, has he done anything His conference in finals since? runs with Indy, yeah, in second round. Yeah, they, they, he had since one, then, two of those, or he had one of those... Has, one has in the, the semifinals run? Yeah, he played against LeBron in the conference finals. Yeah, yeah it, well, he did once, and then I think they lost the second year in the semis. Um, mm-hmm. And then oh, basically, the company, yeah, and then the I think with never did anything against LeBron like mm-hmm. on the Cavs. That's why yeah, I was never did anything in OKC. In, in OKC, did they win any series? I don't remember. I don't, I don't think, think they, they did. did. No. I don't think they did. But is, is this... Obviously won a series last year, but it wasn't really thanks to him. Is is this an offer you would entertain? I'll, I'll just I'll just Go be objective. I, I personally am kind of out on George. I, I just think him against the league competition, I just don't love it. I, I don't like the shrinking and the pressure thing. Not a fan of it. But for whatever, for open-minded sake... For entertainment's sake. Right. So love... Um, uh, love... Darius, 2023, or 2021 first, um, 2023 first, 2026 first, and then the 2023 second between us and Golden State. Yeah, I'll pass on that. I would too, but I feel um, like that's what it had, that sort of thing is like a framework. Is is he going to have that much value on this team? No. On this, no. Like, no. Is another team going to even give him that? That, like, that is Kawhi. Like that, that is the difference. That's, yeah, between a Kawhi and George, like the value between those two is not even remotely close. It's just not, no. and I don't think enough. No, people like realize I think that. Paul George, like if made available, will be gettable for a price. Built yeah, he will. I, I think he honestly will. And you know what? I'll say a hot take. You know, here's a hot take for you. Go for it. We love him. Paul George will be moved by next deadline. That's my hot take. I think it's interesting. Because like, they're going to lose in this again, series. Again, the Clippers... They're going to lose this series in six. And, do you think Kawhi is leaving? Gonna, yeah. Uh, even if he doesn't. I don't. I think I even don't. if he doesn't. I'll say even, he doesn't. Okay, so but I in think the event that Kawhi be, stays, you still there's think... There's going to be strife in that locker room if they kind of flame out again. And to me, if they lose in the second round again, with all the... Hoopla surrounding like all the hype that they've had. That's kind of a flame out. So, so you have a forty million dollar contract. Who are you trading that for? I don't know, but there's the NBA. Think these things happen. It'll be probably a four team deal, but it'll 
somehow will happen. I could maybe even see, like, the next... Uh, I could even see, like, a team like Boston, just because of how many woulda, coulda, shouldas they've had, maybe going after a guy like that. Maybe. Could you do maybe. something with Kemba Walker that, that's involving kind Boston? Of, that's kind of the framework I'm thinking. It would have to be like, oh, and again, like that would be like that would be a lot Although of moving pieces in that deal. It wouldn't Kemba be a straight up. And them don't want it. Well, Kemba, yeah. Kemba's looking. It sounds like to get out of Boston. Yeah, it does sound but, like um, that. But we'll see. If we'll see. Well, there we go. There's the other one we got to talk about, Dan. Kemba in Cleveland. Yes. Yes. No. No. <laughs> no. Um, we don't, for reasons. Um, C. C. J. McCollum. Uh, plus more injuries uh, and more money, essentially. But, um, yeah. So, I think, again, like, again, we're not trading for any of these guys. Like, it's not going to happen. These things require such, like, very exact situations have to play out for these players to even become available. And once they're available, you, like, you have to be the one out of 29 teams that actually makes the trade for them. Yeah. But it's always a possibility. It's always fun to talk about. It's always fun to consider. Um, but anything else from either of you before we uh, before we wrap things up here? Just quickly, uh, referring on Padres, I was I was referring to like um, making the conference finals since LeBron has returned to Cleveland. Okay, to, like, yeah, year, he hasn't since LeBron's been back. And yeah, looking at it, they haven't. They made it out of the second round. I think this year's the second year in the last what was it? Mm-hmm. Seven years? Yeah. Eight years, actually, of his career. Mm-hmm. It had been a while. Not eight years, excuse me. Seven years. But, yeah, it's... it's The past two years with L.A, and then before seven, that... Oh, seven. he never did it with OKC, and he didn't uh, do it the last yeah, few last years year with Indiana. Indiana so. two years, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's been bad. But, either way, I'd pass well, it I just think the problem with him, he's he's always been kind of almost cast, cast as, like, a 1A franchise guy. When he's not that. And, well... I mean, in Indy, I guess he kind of was, but mm-hmm. it's just odd because earlier on, like, when they had, like, those, like, kind of, like, almost, like, grit and grindy East version teams, like, I would uh, I would say he was back then. Um, it seemed like the trajectory was just vaulting up. Like, he almost looked like a, I mean, not like a LeBron, but it almost looked like, like he, he could have a better career than Kawhi Leonard. He could be, like, a franchise-leading type guy. Like, a franchise-leading guy that would make, like, the conference finals, like, like over and over and over. And yeah. it just seems like he's almost kind of, like, plateaued since, like, 2014 to me. I think that's fair. And, like, and it's to just, be fair, uh, that's still an, an outstanding player. Kind of, yeah, but. I'm not saying he's not. I mean, he's... I, I, I think he'll be a Hall of Fame player. Maybe he won't be, but I think he will be. I think he will be. I think but he will be. it's just... It's just odd because it just seems like he's been just disappointing. But it, it the, I, I don't know what the reasoning is because it seemed like earlier on he was a really good player in the playoffs. Even, but it just it's just been so long where he's been, frankly, an impact player in the playoffs. It's just weird. I don't I don't know what to paint it, how to paint it's it. It's been up and down this year. I think like this year has like clearly been you know better what? than him. You're right. Better than last season when, for him. Like I think he's been like he needs to go to the basket in these playoffs. That that's like he does. Even every, though there is, and, and that is even though there's Rudy in there, it's just he settles way too much. That that is just the he does, thing. and that's that's always been a problem for him. I think, yeah. and I think and in the first round shooter, against the off, Mavericks, and when you're a good shooter off the bounce, it's hard to not have it be a problem. Mm-hmm. 
But, like, in the first round, like, things kind of turned for them, I think, when he started being more aggressive and getting oh, in the yeah. basket more. Like, I, I we, just, we saw that a little bit more. You need to see more of the Paul George where he's taking on contact as opposed to moving away from it for, for him mm-hmm. to really be at his best. And the problem is that kind of puts more physical, physically taxing stuff when he's got a guard, Donovan Mitchell, on the other end of the floor. Yeah. It's just, and, it's just I mean, he's always guys, been, like, a catch-22 to me. Yeah. And at this point, like, he's getting into his 30s, too. Right. Like, you're, you're, and you're he's asking had injury, an older and, guy to do all this. I mean, last concerns. last postseason, I'm giving him a pass because he had, I mean, I both, too. both shoulders. Like, wow. I think that's an issue that he had in, in his MVP, well, MVP year. Uh, MVP caliber, caliber season, year, like, yeah, where MVP. he was third. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why he shot so poorly in the playoffs is because the shoulders were bothering him. Obviously, last year being the bubble. This year, it's been up and down for him. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Paul George, like, I, I like Paul George as a player, um... Like I'm not someone who's gonna just like hate on the guy constantly. Like there are, so, you know, there are plenty of people out there that do that. But I, I do like him as a player. So you agree though that they should have done the move for him when they did. Oh, be, it was absolutely fair, worth it because you're not like to get like you have to right under the assumption that like you needed Paul George to get Kawhi. Like yeah. it was absolutely the right move. So like, even with the risk and how things have played out, like it was still the right move to even put yourself in a cha- like. In a position where you even have a chance at a title, you absolutely do it. I would do it again. Can I just say what uh, the second question I have is: If Kawhi went to the Lakers, for example, were they were they just like an automatically going to win the title for like the next three, like foreseeable future? Would the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, if LeBron and AD they, like, or were I guess yeah, they would have had they would have had AD too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would have had AD. I, still. Okay, okay. I just couldn't. I just had to. I think if you had, like, say 80s out in this postseason, if you have LeBron and Kawhi, like, even, like, slightly limited LeBron and Kawhi, I think they're still the title favorites. But also, like, what does the team around that look like? Because well, that's just what I'm asking. They like, wouldn't what have had what could you actually have? I, I don't know. Just because LeBron is there. getting up there. Uh-huh. Taylor Horton Tucker would still be there. but who like, knows like, they just they wouldn't have any out. shooters, is, I'm thinking. No, right? they wouldn't. Like, any? They wouldn't. They would probably KCP wouldn't have KCP. Uh, they, I no, don't know. I don't think they would have re-signed him. They wouldn't have been able to. I don't think they would have. I feel like uh, was, maybe they probably could have, but that would have been really, really expensive. I don't know. Was Wesley Matthews Dennis Schroeder certainly would be there. If he no signed way. basically like low, mid-level money. I think like he was in the biannual range. Mm-hmm. Like they probably could have got him still, uh, even on like a minimum. Wait, who could have got him? Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews. Oh, Matthews. We're okay. just talking about guys who might still be there. Like, yeah, that, that's just like. Dan- I just they would have never signed Danny Green. They would have never got Dennis Schroeder. Um, what were you saying, Dan? I'm just saying, at this point, it's it's just tough because when you have these kind of stars that are, that are stars, no doubt, like superstars, whatever, but when you don't have shooting around them and they're getting up there in age and they have to shot create so much, it's just like you see guys just get, like injuries happen in those kind mm-hmm. of scenarios now. It's just not like... Even five years ago, like, I don't even know, like, when we had LeBron and Kyrie, which to me was about as good of a duo, like, in how they were as you could get because of how good of a shooter Kyrie is. Like, injuries were always in the back of everybody's mind, even then. So, it's Mm -hmm. just these, I don't know, roster building nowadays is just so, there's just so much more that goes into it when you, like, the cap manipulation, I don't know. It's fascinating. It is. I love all of it. But, um, 
with that, I think we will get out of here unless any, either of you have anything else to, to get into uh, tonight. But um, I think we'll wrap it up here. Thank you, Dan, as always. Thank you, Amadou, as always. Thank you, everyone out there who listened, as always. Uh, if you enjoyed listening, please subscribe. Uh, we will be back on a regular schedule here, hopefully. Um, go back my, and listen to some other episodes if you haven't already. What were you saying? I was just going to say, my, my sources tell me that I think the next episode's Saturday, right? Yeah. Uh, sources say... Um, hopefully Miko doesn't confirm the report because then it probably won't be till like next like oh yeah like two Saturdays from now right but um anyway sources sources believe it'll probably be recorded next Saturday so yeah got it we'll have to but we'll have to see we'll have to wait for things to play out um but anyway I think we'll wrap it up there uh thank you all for listening and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.